Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Warm Bodies. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do proceed and listen without having seen the film, just be aware that there are a few plot spoilers. Enjoy. Hello, Mr. Paddy. Good evening. How are you? I'm all right. I'm feeling spooky. Ooh. Ooh. Well, fittingly for this month, I feel like death warmed up. Ah, oh, perfect. I also which, am unwell. Which is a very, um, sort of a Brexit way of saying that you've got a cold, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's a kind of phrase that old British people use, or people who think they're being really interesting or funny when they're not the same kind of people who say that someone doesn't suffer fools when what they mean is that they're a bit of a dickhead <laughs> that's precisely right yeah so yeah i it's i'd had a cold i think it's like as soon as the baseball season's over i just i just yeah i'm in a, i'm in the hole you know although it's the, the postseason's happening obviously but yeah literally game 163 yesterday the extra tiebreaker games, and now today, terrible cold. There we go. It's hard not to take it as a sign, you know? It is, yeah. Your body is so wired up for the baseball that it disintegrates effectively. Although um, I'm still playing. Full ball is still happening until the end of the month, so that's oh, good. Oh, very nice. I hit, I hit a ball on Saturday, which is good. Made it to first base. Oh, good stuff. Yeah, I'm get I'm getting there. It's happening slowly. Excellent. Yeah, but uh, yeah, feeling feeling a bit rubbish, which is appropriate for oh yeah, watching some some zombie films. But are you also are you also feeling a bit a uh, bit coldy? I am. Yes, I am unwell. Um, it is it has not been pleasant. No. Um, you still going to work? Being Ill. Yeah, well, I've been sent home to work from home a couple of days, but I hate. I don't hate working from home, but I'd much rather be in work, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I love working from home. I get so much done because people can't bother me. Um, whereas I I like having a two-screen setup and being able to bounce ideas off people because we're all independent workers anyway on my team. Right. Um, so then being able to then just work together on stuff collaboratively every so often is actually very handy. A two-screen um, setup. Look at you, yes, Mr. Two-screen setup. Mr. Tesla, Mr. Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> I I am exactly like Elon Musk in every way, apart from every way. <laughs> That's what Elon Musk said when people tweeted him <laughs> to tell him he is bad. Pretty soon he's going to be Elon Musk. Way. Uh, yeah, that's what he'll be doing on the streets of wherever the hell it is he lives. Yeah, where does he live? Where's Tesla based? Mars. <laughs> yeah, that, he's already there on Mars. Yeah. He's there on Mars. <laughs> so you might have a cold, but I can still I can still sing a little bit. Digging it, digging it. Digging it. So I have a, a honky-tonk badonkadonk update. Oh, so, really? 
yeah i um friends of the podcast or listeners to the podcast will recall that last week we talked about the song honky tonk badonkadonk which is a sort of disco country classic by the country singer Trace Adkins as a song that should have featured in the film Harvest Moon, which was our autumn kickoff film before we got into this month of spooky films. Um, and it's it's a hilarious song about butts, basically. But it turns out, thanks to um, friends of the podcast, Haley Austin and Olivia Hicks, who are both um, academic friends of mine through comics, academia stuff, um, Great people studying at um, the wonderful University of Dundee, where they have a really good comics program. Um, and they, um, so Haley, who grew up on a ranch in the US, said that apparently it's one of the most popular songs over there, or at least was. So yeah, it's a, the original tweet was: "Having grown up on a ranch in the states, I cannot begin to tell you how popular this song was." And then, literally, I have literally never been to a country bar or honky tonk or line dancing place where this hasn't played. I think it's because it was the white country people's first butt song. And that's the important thing. I mean, your first butt song is a very, it's a big milestone in your life, isn't it? Right. Do you remember it's your an, first butt song? It's an important thing, song? isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's got to be Baby Got Back, hasn't it? Yeah, it's exactly. A quintessential butt song. And then it, um, Anaconda by Nicki Minaj. That, I mean, all, an anaconda obviously means a penis, but there's a video with some gyrating bottoms in it, isn't there? Yeah, because that um, that does the old. It's an old um, sample, isn't it, of Baby Got Back? It is like Sir Mix-a-Lot. <laughs> yes, Sir Mix-a-Lot. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, everyone's got to have a butt song. But I'm really interested that, that apparently that song was incredibly popular, at least within country honky tonk circles in the US. What I would have thought it would have been laughed out of them for being a bit too jokey, a bit too on the poppy side, but. It turns out they love that shit and they can't get enough of it. But also turns out the version that we know and love is in fact a remix of the actually the original Honky Tonk Badonkadonk from Trace Adkins' album that we were discussing is in fact a little bit slower and doesn't have all those synths and stuff. So the one that we originally found back in the day and laughed at profusely was in fact the more popular remix and the original country classic. And if you go on Spotify and search, there are lots of versions, including a dance version... Amazing! I did know like that. A, like I a did know that the, the version we um, we heard was the like disco disco pop version instead of the original. Yeah, um, but I did not know that there's also a dance version. That's fantastic. There, and there are many covers. There's quite a, quite a nice one by a sort of um, banjos and jugs band, skiffle band, which is quite fun. But yeah, and the other thing about honky tonk badonkadonk is that I don't hate it. It's weirdly catchy. It's fine. <laughs> like when I listen to it, I I know that it's stupid and it's awful and it's a song about butts and it's misogynistic, but it is catchy and I do catch myself singing along, singing honky tonk, but donk a donk. It's given me enjoyment, but I would not say that I think it's a good song. Yeah, the um the melody is actually also similar to Bad by Michael Jackson, which is also a butt song. Yeah. Your um, butt is mine. You're right, actually. It's, uh, there are similarities. And you know the story about how that was supposed to be a duet with him and Prince, right? Yes, and Prince. <laughs> Prince refused to do it Prince. because of the line, your butt is mine, yes. despite having released a song called Jack You Off <laughs> a few <laughs> albums beforehand. Well, what would you expect? Which does think? exactly what it says on the tin. <laughs> it's a great song, incidentally. It is, it is. Yeah. Love Prince. He's great. 
I'll put that in the show notes. So yeah, the honky tonk badonka donk update. Or should we should we should that just be the butt section? We'll have a butt section. The week <laughs> the weekend butts. Weekend weekend bums. Yeah. Who wins the biggest bum of the week award? It's everyone at the Conservative Party conference. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's been absolutely chaotic as well. It's been absolutely Yeah, it's been a, a laugh riot. Involved. <laughs> Which just goes to show you shouldn't go to the Conservative Party conference. No. Like, would you rather go to the Conservative Party conference? I don't know how long it lasts. Three days? Four days? Would you rather go to that or go to a cinema that is showing only the bridges of Madison County and you have to sit through like that dur- for the duration of the Conservative Party conference is just that film on a loop? What can I do at the Conservative Party conference? Oh, you can go to anything. Anything you want. So I can literally just sit down. No, you you have to go to something though. Like if there's a talk on, like during the, you, you can only have a break during the the set break times. You can't like just sit in the foyer mm. and play. In that Fortnite. case, I'd I'd probably go with um with Bridges of Madison County because it's a cinema. Therefore, will be dark, and I can just go to sleep. <laughs> go to sleep. Yeah, just curl up. Yeah, that that's the answer. That is the correct answer. Well done. You passed. (laughs) Um, Speaking of uh, brainless, violent hordes, um, let's move on to Warm Bodies. (laughs) Yeah. Um, This was an interesting film, actually. It was much more interesting than I expected it to be. And I think my reading of it from having seen posters and trailers when it, around the time of its release, turned out to be completely and utterly wrong and not necessarily in a bad way, which I think is always a good thing for a film. So it surprised me. Um but there's a there's a lot to unpack here, isn't there? Yeah, and and I think the first half of the movie did what I was hoping it would do and the second part of the movie did what I was dreading it would do. Does that make <laughs> sense? Yes, I I think I would agree I would agree with that in terms of how it all ends up and how it all fits together. What I, what I was expecting it to be, or what I think what the marketing of the film made it out to be unless I just completely misread it because I was probably drunk was <laughs> that <laughs> um, I thought it was just a kind of my boyfriend's a zombie lol like kind of film and it was just like a kind of high school comedy where there are a few zombies around, but mostly it's just like a high school, and somehow a zombie is attending the high school, and the hot girls weren't going to go out with the zombie, and it's like, hey, he's totally hot. Oh no, his arm fell off in my soup. Can can he be the quarterback in the football game? Oh no, the ball's hit his head and his head's fallen off. I thought it was going to be like that. <laughs> so instead of Teen Wolf, you wanted Teen Zombie. Exactly right, yeah. Um, so that's what I was expecting. And there's a, there's a small part of me that is disappointed that I didn't get that. I won't, I'm not going to lie. Um, but yeah, I think what it got was better than that. I thought it was going to be like a gross out thing. Um, and then when I sort of started reading about it while I was watching it, I was sort of doing background reading and stuff as I always do, look at the, the contextual stuff. I realized it was based on a novel, which I did not know, which is very interesting. And the novel of which is the author's only kind of big work. And he's self-published some stuff. It's published by Simon & Schuster. It was a big book for him. Uh, and he's done sort of prequels and sequels and stuff, so he's very invested in this universe. But yeah, it's um, it it's it surprised me in that way. As as I started to find out more about it, I realised that it was actually the setup is exactly what you think, which is that it is essentially a love story between a human and a zombie. And then when you go into it knowing that, all you can think of, or that, at least for me, all I could think of was 
this is a huge logic problem that he is going to spend the whole film solving and it's going to, it's always going to be difficult to solve that practically so in a way i found that really interesting and i found that very admirable as well the whole time thinking how is he going to solve it and he does solve it it all comes together it all works fine there are there are problems with it but i there's a bit of admiration that i have for for attacking an idea like that because sometimes you think of it and realize it would just be too hard to execute right yeah i think it's such a bizarre sort of idea in the first place and given there's no way that you can really take zombie lore make a romance out of it and not have that jarring issue that you then have to try and resolve because everything about the zombie is what what's scary about the zombie is the <coughs> the bless you um it, it is the permanence of it that that's what's scary about the about the zombie movie about the zombie book about the zombie tv show um is the permanence of it it is the growing steady inevitability of death um and and the the sense that there is no way back from it so <coughs> crikey you're a sneezy man um, i'm a sneeze machine and um so then of course you do have the problem of well if if being the walking dead the living dead is a permanent thing how do you then find a solution to it and the answer is hokey and i don't really like it but at least they addressed it you know the answer is that they made them all get better with love yay when you when you think about it it's the cheesiest shit you've ever seen in your life right it's, it's disney bollocks isn't it Absolute Mickey Mouse's <laughs> you leave, testicles. You leave fucking Mickey Mouse alone. <laughs> I'm I'm still upset by Frozen, like turning away the true love's kiss bullshit, and me thinking like, oh yeah, that's cool. There's going to be another solution, but then it's still true love. It's just sisterly love that saves the day. And I'm like, yeah. oh, come on. You don't want any of that shit. Don't want any of that crap. I didn't want it either. I wanted you to do something cool with it. Yeah, I mean, I'm an only child, so I was incredibly offended by it. Actually, <laughs> you, I was you really would have been annoyed screwed. that it didn't it didn't include me. You know, like I was, I'm actually in the process of writing to Disney about how that film was really like it was prejudiced and it was uninclusive and it was um, what's the word I'm looking for? Discriminatory. It, it discriminates discriminates against people who don't have siblings. Like how how would I have gotten out of that situation? I'd have had to love myself in the words of Justin Bieber. I think the fact that it is not focused on a straight white male character is discrimination of the highest order. Yes, absolutely. Especially as it's me. Why didn't it focus... <laughs> Why isn't it all about me? That's what I want to know. Um, Paddy is gearing himself up to become a member of the um, Trump administration at the moment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, if you've seen the, the calibre of people that they're they're nominating for the Supreme Court, they definitely let me in. Given that I have never got into a drunken bar fight, I think I I am suitable for the Supreme Court. Don't you think? <laughs> that, is that your that's your letter of application? Yeah, dear dear Mr. Trump, I have never been in a drunken bar fight. Yours sincerely. Yeah. Um, He's going to write write back to you and tell you you're a great guy. He's a great guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so this movie, right? I feel as though the first half was really good fun kind of that having that kind of narrative the sort of narrator aspect of it from are the zombie played very well by nicholas holt um yep. it's never it's never easy to play a zombie in a way that 
like shows expression, but he manages it very well in here. Um, yeah. And, and, and that whole section of the movie where he's coming to terms with the changes that are happening and also seeing that kind of residual memory within the zombies in the first place is really good fun. Um, and like it's something that's kind of addressed in the more serious zombie movies across the years. Um, why do so many zombies congregate at a shopping mall? Um, the whole of Day of the Dead is kind of about a similar thing. Uh, a lot because of zombies love to shop. Is, well, yes, exactly. Capitalism metaphors, yeah. <laughs> Um, and, um, and, and it's something that Romero brought up again in his later work as well. And it's something that kind of comes up quite often is having that residual memory because that again stirs up the feeling of, oh, what if there is still something there, but they can't truly understand it, which again is a a horrifying prospect in itself. And the way that they address that is really good fun early on. And, and this comedic voiceover and the inability to quite articulate what he's thinking against what his body allows him to do is really really well done i really like that whole aspect of it yeah and you feel like okay it it starts with his interior monologue it relies a lot on his interior monologue at least until the story really picks up but all that stuff yeah you, you do find it interesting it's very very engaging he performs it well he's a british kid he's the the kid from skins doing an doing american and it works which is good but um yeah you, you you feel taken in by it and all that the idea that actually zombies there must be something going on in the brain for them to be able to move and shuffle around and moan and say brains and stuff so why isn't there actually more going on in the brain than we can actually you know see so that that side of it yeah it really works and it it really hooks you in from the get-go that i, I really liked that that side of it for sure yeah that was that was really good um but then i feel as though the further it goes on and the more serious the story gets, the worse it becomes. So initially you've got those scenes where it's zombie and woman who is alive. And she's scared, but he... he he. Well, first off, um, they're, they're like a, a party that goes out to go and get additional supplies or what have you. Um, and all but two of them get munched down on, including her boyfriend played by the Junior Franco. Played by Dave um, Franco being Dave Franco. Dave Franco being Dave Franco. I like to think of this movie as being a sequel to 21 Jump Street. Um, <laughs> because it's his character is almost exactly the same in this. Yeah. Um, Dave, Dave Franco living his truth. Yes. and Living um, his best life. Living his best life until his brain gets caved in and eaten by Nicholas Holt. Yeah. Um, which is something you wouldn't see in 21 Jump Street, but I'd like them to try it out. Give it a go. Oh. I reckon Jonah Hill could eat his brain if he wanted I reckon to. it could that they could make it funny. Well, it is funny in this. Um there's a grotesque comedy to the most violent scenes in this movie. They they handle that very well as well. Um But it's never gratuitous as well, which I quite liked as well. It never lingers on those parts. You know, no, there's no you, kind of zombie eating pubes on a pizza, is there? No. Well you do see Nicholas Holt eating brain matter. <laughs> and then spitting it out yeah. when he realizes it's not good for him <laughs> and like snacking um, on it later on yeah which is very funny um so yeah but there's no like outright mega violence um the the scare the most worst bits are the bonies like the runny skeleton guys who are the the kind of the existential threat um and the the logic of them doesn't really work although i guess it's like you as you start to waste away, you get more and more desperate for flesh so you can cling on to life. Therefore, you can run fast. But yeah, it was a bit like, how could the skeletons run fast? But yeah, yeah the, they're the, the ones whole that concept of the, of the most atrophied um, monsters of the lot 
suddenly being able to run very quickly doesn't really hold up but at the same time this is a zombie movie where the zombies develop life again through love and somehow it gets passed on through oh yeah yeah so once you get to that point you're like i don't care about the ponies let let them do their shit let Um, let you do you bonies yeah so so it kind of and bronies logically this movie doesn't hold up but you're kind of captivated in it for the most part until and it does take a serious turn where it all comes down to we've got to get this news back to my dad john malkovich um but i'm starting to love you oh no what's going on oh look your your heart's starting to beat again and it all gets a bit it all gets a bit po-faced and yeah the point point at which um M, who is his zombie friend, who looks a lot like Todd Barry. You know Todd Barry, and um, he's in Flight of the Concords as Todd. Oh, right, you know okay. in the in the episode where um, they try and get like extra people in the band, and it's Todd, and he plays the bongos. Oh, bongo man. Okay, yeah, that's Todd Barry, and I the 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 guy who played M looks just like Todd Barry, and I kept laughing at it, um, even though it's not him. Um, yeah, uh, he's he's a guy called Rob Cordry, who is in um, he's in Hot Tub Time Machine. Ah yes, um, I have not. I have not seen which that. Is, which is a great little movie. That's um, something we should watch. It is. It is really dumb, but really funny, and it knows that it's dumb, so it's okay. Um, uh, and Isn't and yeah, John Cusack in that. He is in that. It's it's got a decent cast actually. Hot Tub Time Machine. Well, there you go. Um, oh yeah, okay, yeah. Looking at looking at his CV, it is it is very it's Sandler esque. You got old school. Um, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, Blades of Glory, Harold and Kumar escape from Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> <laughs> so his career is much better than Adam Sandler's. He's in a much higher quality of movie. Um, Such as Hot yes. Tub Time Machine 2? Yeah, Hot Tub Time Machine 2, Electric Boogaloo. Um, <laughs> it's, it's Two Hot Tub 2 Time Machine. Literally every single one of the movies that you mentioned there is better than any Adam Sandler movie, by the way. Um, so... I, I, I haven't seen it, but I'm sure that that's offensive to Punch Drunk Love. Uh, yeah, maybe Punch Drunk Love, but you know, it, well, that, let's let's park that because kind we've of got plans. We've got plans. Haven't we, we do have plans. We do have plans. Um, but yeah, so so it's it, it it's a movie of two halves, and like the first half, I was like, yeah, this is great, and then the second half, I was like, oh god, this is where it's going, is it? Fucking yeah. fairy tale bullshit. John Malkovich was good. John Malkovich is great. I love a bit of John Malkovich. I've just gone on to well, I open up his Wikipedia page and look at the picture of him there. He's like he's like fondling his chin like a philosopher in his Wikipedia photo. It's fantastic. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> also, his middle name is Gavin, which really it does really? not suit him. <laughs> John <No>. Gavin Malkovich. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, John John Malkovich is a phenomenal actor. Um, he is he is excellent and it's strange seeing him in this movie it, it, and and it's a really nice surprise that he turns up and you're like oh john malkovich okay yeah he's he doesn't have that much screen time so he, they probably he probably like managed to phone it in in like a week but he's still really good like he's still it could have been any old guy but the fact that it's him actually does really raise it up a little bit doesn't it yeah yeah he puts in a lot into his performance and He's such a captivating actor anyway that you're just, you know, it's it's great. 
is it's kind of over the top but in the best possible way and it kind of brings a bit of energy back to the film when it's growing a bit stale yeah even though it's, it's the obvious thing of like the zombies killed my wife therefore i have to kill all of them kind of thing yeah and 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 it's a kind of understandable reaction because um the zombies have never shown any indication of not being mindless killing machines yeah you can't um, blame him no Pres- president's gonna president um so it's yeah and and it's good and he's one of the one of the better characters in it i think i mean like there, there's no dislikable characters i'd say oh no not at all um it, and that, that is a good well. thing there's no no one appears and you're like oh this guy yeah it's kind of the, the, the person who gets closest to that is dave franco but he's dead within like two minutes <laughs> yeah and then it's just so he appears in some some flashbacks later on but yeah also not yeah not too much screen times um so so I really like Nicholas Holt in general. I think he's I think he's a really good actor. Um he he's great in have you seen Mad Max Fury Road? I have not. No, I've heard good things from various people across the board about it. Yeah, one of the best action movies of all time, slash one of the best movies of all time. Wow. Um top is this like top ten quality? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely wow. in my top ten. Um but he's also in the the movie adaptation of Kill Your Friends, which didn't entirely hit home. But right. he's fantastic. Because you love the book, right? I do really like the book, yes. Um, anything that's kind of funny and kind of scary about murderous psychopaths, um, I'm on board with. And and it's a really great, like, critical satire, um, all based in the in the music industry in the in the sort of height of brit pop era um it's a really great novel um and nicholas holt is the lead in that and and puts in a really good performance actually all right um, i have i haven't seen that nor read the book but it gets compared to american psycho a lot which i yeah, have seen it's, and it's have a read. it's a more comedic american psycho um imagine sort of like a more more of a chuck Paulanic angle to it right um but a similar kind of look at things as american psycho but not quite as grim and not the first rule as... of kill your friends is you kill your friends <laughs> yes exactly um and yeah as as a music fan i think you'd enjoy it um but yeah he's he's a good one i i like nicholas Holt a lot and see i feel like i haven't actually seen very much of his work but to me he will always be the kid from about a boy which i know is really stupid and really dumb thing to say <laughs> But I just can't get it out of my head because I liked that film. That was the first film where I saw Hugh Grant not being Hugh Grant, you know. Yeah, and and and, and it's you know, a really I lo- good film. I love the book. I thought I, you know, I've read a lot. Of, I have a lot of time for Nick Hornby and his work. Not all of it, but most of it is good. And the soundtrack by Badly Drawn Boy was very good. I remember thinking it was kind of a cool film at the time. And yeah, he was the kid in that, so I'll always think of him as that. He's, he's he's like wearing his little woolly hat and he's in the in the corridor at school going shake your ass watch yourself because <laughs> yeah he's 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 great in that film and and that's sort of like what what brought people to what brought him to people's attention in the first place um and and yeah it's it's rare that you get a good child actor and he pulled that off and he's gone on to have a very good career off the back of it as well um yeah um obviously i never watched people, skins did you i never got into it i didn't really like it um, but I know that a lot of people did. Yeah, I, it seemed it always seemed a bit stupid and a bit sensationalist and just a bit irritating to me. Well, it was it was meant to reach it. Uh, it was meant to reach the sort of generation below us though, 
So although yeah. a lot of people at uni watched it, really it was aimed at people who were about 13, 14, 15 at the time. And I think I knew that. And I think I was like, why are you watching this shit? People who are <laughs> our age. <laughs> um, because, um, yeah. Oh, it's, I it's... did see him in um, A Single Man, which I thought was very good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's a good one. We like him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think um, One Bodies is definitely his most interesting performance that I've seen and possibly his best that I've seen, having not seen much of his work. I thought his performance was very, very good and a lesser actor might have made it quite tedious. So fair play to him. Yeah, he does a really good job. It's it's a great little... It's it's hard to get emotion into playing as a corpse, um, basically. But he, yeah. he does a good job. He's good, good shuffling and good, like corpsey voices and you know the bits when he's supposed to be becoming that bit more human he doesn't overdo it too much it's good there's yeah. a really a bit or that made me laugh out loud it's about about halfway through i think when he's they've they've driven off and they're in the house together and they've just started to bond properly and at the point where you can finally see that actually they yeah they like each other and stuff and um she's gone upstairs to take a shower they've just broken into some house and she comes downstairs and he's reading like a celebrity gossip mag yes <laughs> just, yeah. he's just sitting there staring at it and it's got kim kardashian on the front for some reason that made me really really howl with laughter <laughs> and, and there's lots of little moments like that there's a few there's a few neat bits and pieces here and there that really sort of bring home a little bit of humanity in a film like this um, and and yeah, so it's it's quite well done. I, I but I would say that come come the second half of the film, it loses its way quite substantially. Um, yeah, and there's this over reliance on action set pieces, which didn't gel very well. No, because the the whole point of it is that it's a, it's the love story between the two of them. First of all, which works out fine, but because it has this whole kind of world you know, world-saving, zombie-saving thing riding on it. Yeah, all of that kind of stuff. It's a bit too much stuff going on, isn't it, really? like. And actually, there's a bit about two-thirds of the way through where when she has left him for the first time, um, it feels like the end... It felt like the end of the film at that point. Did you feel that? Yeah, I think I felt the same way when he sees that she's gone. It had like a, um, a monologue and it had like a camera zooming out and it had music that felt like the end of the film. I can't remember what song it was, but it and it, it really felt like that was going to be the end. And that would have been a, sh- a short but good film. Yeah. And, and it did feel, it felt like it could have been quite satisfying and you could have seen sort of like that there was going to be further developments in the zombie side of things that they'd start like getting their humanity back. Um, but yeah, instead it has this quite, it goes from that point quite abruptly to let's get back on track as well. Yeah. So it was kind of this stop start moment and then it sort of starts divulging into something which I don't think really fits thematically with where it was before. No, it's all like the third act is all all just rushing into various different plot points and also, yeah, just bring bring it all together. And also, of course, because it's a love story, there has to be a very, very overt reference to Romeo and Juliet because that's the only love story ever. Oh, wait, his name is... Oh, hers is Julie. Okay, yeah, we get it, fine. But did they have to have a thing with a fucking balcony? Like, Jesus, come on. It's 2013. We don't need to keep trying to reanimate Shakespeare's corpse. There's enough reanimation of corpses in this film going on already. 
See, I didn't mind that because I thought it was so obvious that it was funny. Um, I thought it was very silly. Um, what they should have done is had a whole catfishing subplot where he... <laughs> hey, that, that would have got me on board. He found, he found a phone and was like, hey, my name is Bergerac. Uh, <laughs> I am not a dead man. Yeah, I am totally alive. <laughs> um... And um, that actually, that actually would have been a really fascinating film where the zombie has to convince a woman that he's alive via like text messages and social media. Basically, yeah, Sierra Burgess is a zombie. I'd watch the ship that. Itself. I would watch that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Netflix. It's, yeah, it's like um, Barb after she's dead in Stranger Things, she comes back to life and then has to convince all her friends that she's alive, even though she's in this like grotesque demogorgon body in the Upside Down. <laughs> hey, Netflix. You can have that wanna, one for a cut wanna, of twenty percent. You want a sequel? Brothers. Get in touch. Yeah, Stranger Things three is happening. Have a have a full Barb crossover. We'll have a have a word with our friend Finn Wolfhard. <laughs> our main man Finn. We haven't had a Finn Wolfhard update in a while, have we? We I haven't. What he's no. Up to. no, I wonder I heard, what he's up to. I did see the other day that he was doing something cool, and I can't remember what it was. I hope he's wolfing hard. That's the important thing. <laughs> Hey, he is always wolfing hard. Apparently, his band are doing very well, which is which is cool. They're yeah, I never Calpurnia. would have guessed that the band of an incredibly popular actor would do well. I haven't listened to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who'd who'd have thunk it? <laughs> um, so he's going to be the v- 